Hello and welcome to the Plant Powered Life Podcast. I'm really excited about today's podcast. We are going to be talking about low carbohydrate diets and metabolism and hormones. So I'm really excited about this. I get a lot of questions about carbohydrates and eating fruit and people coming off of low carbohydrate diets and a lot of questions about their metabolism. And in fact, I get a lot of questions of people saying they feel like they have a slow metabolism or whatever. And so I want to talk to you about that a little bit today in relation to carbohydrates. So let's get right into it. Carbohydrates are the body's number one source of fuel. Your body must maintain 70 to 100 milligrams per deciliter of blood glucose at all times and in order to provide adequate fuel to the brain and other tissues that cannot run on any other source of fuel there yes there are um tissues and organs in your body that cannot run on anything other than glucose carbohydrates are also the only clean burning fuel what does that mean it means that the only metabolic waste produced by carbohydrate metabolism is carbon dioxide which you breathe out and water Now, if you think about the word carbohydrate, you take the carbo off of it and it's hydrate. So it is part of proper hydration of the body and we'll get into why a little bit later. So we're going to talk about a study that was published in the American Journal of Physiology in 2017. And they found that while low carbohydrate diets are very effective in short-term quick weight loss, they are marginal at best in long-term sustainability they concluded that metabolic depression was the mechanism which caused the decrease of efficacy in low-carbohydrate diets long-term. So let me emphasize what they're saying. Metabolic depression means a slowing of your metabolism, and that is what is causing a decrease of the long-term efficacy of a low-carbohydrate diet. It's depressing your metabolism. The body's main source of fuel, like I said, is carbohydrates, and this is the reason blood glucose is so tightly controlled and is not allowed to drop too low. So I'm going to talk about another one. Researchers looked at carbohydrate consumption and the propensity towards excess body fat. So what they're looking at is how high of carbohydrate consumption someone has versus um, the amount of body fat. Because a lot of people think that consuming carbohydrates makes you fat, which I think is interesting because you don't complain about the carbs on your hips. You complain about the fat on your hips. But somehow we think that it's the carbohydrate that makes the fat instead of just fat being fat, which I think is a really strange concept. But we'll talk about that later. So the body stores between 500 and 1,000 grams of carbohydrates as glycogen in the liver and the muscles. So this equals about two to 4,000 calories that are stored in your body as glycogen. Why do you think your body does that? It's not fat. This is stored in the muscles and in the liver. And this is to provide you with energy in the case that you don't have access to enough calories or enough carbohydrates. Your daily consumption of carbohydrates provides about 50 to 100% towards your glycogen stores, which fluctuates day to day. The researchers concluded that excess carbohydrate intake does not contribute to excess fat gain, 
because its storage is limited and tightly controlled and is only converted into fat by means of de novo lipogenesis under extreme conditions in humans. What does extreme conditions mean? Generally, you have to consume more than 500 grams of carbohydrates extra per day in order to trigger de novo lipogenesis. Now, the hard thing about this is is food in general is not just carbohydrates. Even white pasta, if you took two ounces of white pasta, you're looking at eight grams of protein. It does have a little bit of fat. So none of the foods that we eat are only carbohydrates other than just white sugar, which I don't know how many of you drink or eat 2,000 calories of sugar in a day, plain, without anything else. I can guarantee that that is a big no. And so when we talk about gaining fat, it's not just the carbohydrates, but they have actually done studies in which they have given people sugar in um, various ways to find out where this de novo lipogenesis starts happening, which just means the creation of fat. Um, and it, it ended up being well over their calorie needs every day before that would happen. So it is only under very extreme conditions that our body does that. So again, the reality is carbohydrates are not converted into fat when consumed in excess except under extreme conditions. 500 grams is 2,000 calories, guys. This is a lot, okay? Um, so I need you to be aware of that. So we're going to keep, we're going to move on. <clears throat> fat and energy balance. The researchers concluded that if you consume 200 calories less than you need a day, 200 of those 200 calories from fat stores will be burned. So your body will actually burn fat um, in order to provide some of that fuel. And that's okay. And we are, we generally do have a balance of what's being burned fat versus um, versus blood sugar or that we or energy from food that we've eaten. However, if you consume 200 calories from fat in excess of your calorie needs, all 200 calories will be stored as fat. And because fat is fat, it goes directly into your fat stores. It's a very easy process. It doesn't need to be converted or anything like that. So in conditions of spontaneous overfeeding, the entire excess of dietary fat is stored as body fat. And that is a quote from the researchers. The only way that low-carb diets allow you to consume high amounts of fat and not gain weight or put on body fat is to restrict your main source of fuel so your body is forced to use its backup source for fuel. And we'll go into this a little bit more. So we're going to talk more about gluconeogenesis. And basically what this is, is this is the production of glucose is what it is in the body. One aspect of low-carbohydrate or keto diets that promoters fail to make dieters aware of is that the brain relies heavily on glucose. The human brain requires 100 to 125 grams of carbohydrates per day in order to function optimally. So this equals out to be about 500 calories a day that your brain burns all on its own, which is a lot. Low-carb diet promoters tell you that your body can be, quote, trained to use ketones for energy, and this is not accurate at all. Your body isn't trained to do anything. Your body is... This is a starvation mechanism. All of these mechanisms that your body uses when you are not eating enough carbohydrates are just starvation mechanisms to prevent you from starving to death until you can get to another source of food. 
the brain can turn ketones turn to ketones as a backup a source of fuel in the case of starvation but this causes decreases in brain function fatty acids are not used as a source of fuel because they are bound to proteins and do not cross the blood brain barrier the brain under normal conditions relies on glucose for energy glucose is very easily transported to your brain via the glut3 transporter only 60% of human energy needs can be supplied by ketosis. So literally in a, keto, in a ketosis state, your body can only get 60% of what it needs. Therefore, it needs to conserve energy until it can get to another source of carbohydrates to supply the rest of what it needs. The large initial weight loss from low carbohydrate diets can be attributed to depleted glycogen stores, and water. So depletion of glycogen stores happens within a few days and results in about two pounds of weight loss, as most adult glycogen stores are about two pounds depending on your size, sometimes maybe a little bit more. But for each gram of glycogen, your body can also store a two to four molecules of water. And so if you're losing two pounds of glycogen, you could very likely be losing four to eight pounds of glycogen and water within the first week to 10 days of being on a low-carb diet. So a lot of people get so excited. Oh, they're so effective. I'm losing weight so fast. This is so exciting. When in reality, the majority of the initial weight loss is coming from glycogen and water. So what we're going to talk about in relating to your metabolism and also your hormones, and every single one of these things that I list, we're going to go over the research to support all of these claims because I'm not just going to tell you that low carbohydrate diets do something without actually having some reason for saying this. But decreased carbohydrate consumption leads to decreased thyroid function, increased cortisol production, decreased testosterone levels, impaired mood and cognitive function. It leads to muscle catabolism, which means the breakdown of muscle tissue and suppressed immune function. So let's get into the science. So we're going to start with thyroid function. Researchers from the Vermont study found that weight loss diets low in carbohydrate intake caused T3 levels to drop while reverse T3 production increased. Now I know a lot of people don't know what reverse T3 is. You probably never heard of it, but it's exactly what it's called. It inhibits the function of T3. So under the conditions of a low-carbohydrate diet, the body begins making adaptations to prevent starvation. And one of those is to produce reverse T3, which will inhibit the T3 that your body's making and slow the metabolic rate down. And this conserves energy uh, while you are not consuming adequate source of fuel. So high reverse T3 and low T3 levels can cause a condition called euthyroid sickness, which can lead to feeling sluggish, intolerant to cold temperatures, and a decrease in your metabolic rate. The problem is, you'll hear a lot of people say they have a lot of symptoms of having low thyroid. They feel tired. They feel cold all the time. They feel like their metabolism is slow and all those kinds of things. And the doctors do, they do a TSH test. They might look at T3 or T4, but most doctors just look at TSH and say, oh, you're fine. 
they never look at reverse T3. And reverse T3 is the key to what you thyroid sickness is, is happening and why you're having thyroid symptoms. And a lot of times this comes from chronic dieting and carbohydrate restriction. You can decrease your reverse T3 levels very simply by consuming adequate carbohydrates, and this will reverse the condition and allow for proper functioning of T3. So this is not the only study that showed this. In another study, researchers took it a step further. And so in the initial study, these participants were consuming calorie-restricted diets. So they were trying to lose weight, and they were reducing calories along with reducing reducing carbohydrate intake. But in this study, they actually had the participants eat sufficient calories. So they were not trying to have them necessarily be in a calorie deficit, but they were decreasing carbohydrate level to see what happened with their thyroid function. So they had the group at 409 grams of carbohydrates and then 202 grams of carbohydrates per day and then 104 grams grams of carbohydrates per day and realize 104 grams of carbohydrates per day is still quite high in related to the popular keto diets. So researchers found that T3 levels declined consistently with the decrease in carbohydrate consumption. So T3 levels started at 91 and dropped to 86 with the 202 grams of carbohydrates per day. So not a huge difference, but it was definitely dropping. However, when going to 104 grams per day, they dropped significantly to 69. So we see a huge decrease when those carbohydrates start to drop dramatically. Typical low-carbohydrate diets restrict carbohydrates far lower than that even. So we would even see further thyroid, um, poor thyroid function. There was also a French study that had similar findings in which participants were fed sufficient calories. They were eating 2,800 calories a day, which is quite a lot, but they were restricting their carbohydrate intake. So they divided them into three different groups. The high-carb group was 533 grams of carbohydrates a day. The average group was 250 grams per day, and the low-carb group was 71 grams per day. T3 levels in the high-carbohydrate and average-carbohydrate groups didn't very, very much. It was 169 versus 163 nanograms per 100 milliliters. So it was fairly similar. However, T3 levels in the low carbohydrate group dropped to 148. So we are seeing how the thyroid is down-regulating as we lower carbohydrate intake. And in this study, they also found that reverse T3 levels rose significantly on the low carbohydrate diet but did not raise on the average or high-carbohydrate diet phases. So carbohydrate intake is necessary for healthy thyroid function. Very, very key for your thyroid. And for a healthy metabolism. So going on a low-carbohydrate diet, while it may lead to weight loss, is definitely not a recommended way of losing weight in a healthful way. So let's look at carbohydrate intake and testosterone. Researchers at the University of Maryland found that men on high-carbohydrate, low-protein diets had higher testosterone levels than those on high-protein, low-carbohydrate diets. And they also found that while the men 
consumed the high carbohydrate diet, their cortisol levels were lower. So again, cortisol levels affect men and women and their hormonal balance. And we're going to look at women a little bit later. Another study performed by scientists at the Polish Academy of Sciences placed men on a diet of 5% of calories from carbohydrates, which is fairly typical for a ketogenic diet, and found that during the diet phase, their testosterone levels dropped. And when they consumed the low-carbohydrate diet for only three days, only 30% of them were able to complete a cycling test that was given by the researchers. But after three days of consuming a high-carbohydrate diet, 100% of them were then able to complete the cycling test. So they were noticing a significant decrease in energy output. The body doesn't want to put out that much energy when it is not getting adequate fuel for that um energy output. Another study published in the European Journal of Applied Physiology also found that men on low-carbohydrate diets had lower testosterone levels than those on higher-carbohydrate diets. And in 2010, researchers had subjects consume a low-carbohydrate diet, which was 30% of calories from carbohydrates, which is far more than most keto diets recommend, and it resulted in a 43% reduction in testosterone to cortisol ratio. And the men that were on high-carbohydrate diets saw no change in testosterone or cortisol ratio. So to summarize, the researchers found reduction in testosterone levels, increases in cortisol, and a reduction in physical performance when men were on carbohydrate-restricted diets. All of those things can influence fat balance as well. Lower testosterone levels is related to higher belly fat as well as increases in cortisol is carrying more belly fat, visceral fat, that type of a thing. So this is going to affect your metabolism and it is going to affect the way that you gain weight and the way that you carry fat on your body. So let's move into women's hormones on low-carbohydrate diets. Women's bodies are very sensitive to the effects of over-exercising, calorie restriction, carbohydrate restriction, and other extreme behaviors. So women's hypothalamus and pituitary glands are very sensitive to calorie restriction and especially carbohydrate restriction. Excess exercise, calorie restriction, low-carbohydrate diets, all of which happen when women are trying to lose weight, wreak havoc on their delicate hormonal imbalance. And usually, and I have seen this and worked with women who have this before, is hypothalamic amenorrhea. It is very common in women who exercise a lot while restricting carbohydrates or calories. And as seen in the studies on men that we talked about previously, when carbohydrate intake drops, cortisol levels increase, and cortisol wreaks havoc on female hormones. Cortisol increases, causes the pituitary gland to decrease its activity. And a decrease in pituitary activity can cause decreases in follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone, which stimulate a follicle to full maturity, and then the egg is released, and that's what allows ovulation to occur. So these two hormones produced in the pituitary gland are very important for female fertility, and consuming a low-carbohydrate diet over a long period of time can cause a decrease in these important hormones, leading to amenorrhea or infertility. And I know a lot of women with PCOS are told to consume low-carbohydrate diets, and I'm not going to get into PCOS today, but we definitely can do a podcast on that. For those of you that want it, let me know. Um, you can contact me on Instagram or on the website and let me know that you want that. But 
The pituitary gland produces prolactin, follicle-stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, and thyroid-stimulating hormone, as well as growth hormone. And as pituitary function downregulates over time with a low-carbohydrate diet, women can experience bone loss, infertility, hypoglycemia or insulin resistance, anxiety, depression, lowered cognitive def- uh, function, irregular menstrual cycles, painful periods, hypothalamic amenorrhea, and fatigue. So carbohydrate consumption is crucial to thyroid health, hormonal health, and having adequate energy levels over the long term. Now, I know a lot of people will say, well, I've consumed a ketogenic diet and I had so much mental clarity and so much energy and I felt great. Well, what you don't understand is the body starts to produce um, stress hormones in relation to a low-carbohydrate diet like we showed earlier that the cortisol levels were raising. Those stress hormones raising causes mental clarity. It's kind of like the fight or flight response when they tell you, um, you know, someone witnesses an accident and somebody's pinned under the car and they can run over there and lift the car up. They have a lot of energy and a lot of mental clarity in that situation. That's stress hormones. That's what's happening. And that happens as a protective mechanism to prevent you from starving to death. If you're not getting enough carbohydrate fuel into your body, your body then goes into this stressed state and produces these hormones so that you can get to another source of fuel instead of just feeling crappy, you would die. You would not have energy, you would not feel well, you would not be able to think clearly, and you wouldn't be able to survive. So this is a survival mechanism that happens, but it's going to deplete your body over time, and it is very stressful on the adrenal glands over a long period of time to do that. And when people talk about, quote, adrenal fatigue, which I know a lot of doctors say is bunk, But the reality is that adrenal fatigue can also be in relation to long-term low-carbohydrate ketogenic diets that people have been on and their body's been functioning more off of stress hormones. So that's another aspect that does happen. Another thing that happens is loss of lean muscle mass. So I know we think of these big muscly men and we think protein, but the reality is much different than muscle-building magazines and supplement pushers might have you believe. Protein consumption without adequate carbohydrate consumption can actually lead to loss of lean muscle mass. So as we talked about how low-carbohydrate diets increase your reverse T3, inhibiting T3 and thyroid function, in a study from the Netherlands, they found the exact result. Although they looked into further implications and found a surprising result, every diet had the same amount of calories and protein. Protein levels in the study were constant at 15% of calories, which isn't very high, but it's adequate for health. So they had a high carbohydrate diet at 85% of the diet from carbohydrates, moderate, which was 44%, and low carb, which was 2% of calories from carbohydrates. Protein stayed the same. So as discussed before, T3 levels dropped in this study as well in all of those consuming the low carbohydrate diet. This has been demonstrated time and time again. If you want a healthy metabolism, you have to consume carbohydrates, and especially a healthy thyroid. Severely restricting carbohydrates lowers insulin levels, which low-carb proponents claim insulin is this evil hormone and it prevents fat loss. This is a wild oversimplification of insulin. However, we're not going to get into that. But guess what else insulin does? It prevents muscle mass loss. They don't tell you that. 
Researchers measured urinary nitrogen excretion and found that those on the low-carbohydrate diet were actually losing lean muscle mass. What low-carb proponents do not tell you is insulin is critical for building muscle mass, and if insulin levels remain too low, you cannot build muscle. So when the body is required to switch to burning ketones for fuel and inadequate levels of carbohydrates are consumed, muscle is actually broken down to in the process of gluconeogenesis in order to produce glucose for to supply blood sugar levels. Ketones can only supply about 60% of your body's energy like we talked about earlier, and blood sugar levels have to remain constant within that tight range. And um, fat cannot be turned into glucose. And so it is the skeletal proteins that are turned into glucose, which equates to the loss of lean muscle mass. This process, again, called gluconeogenesis, essentially meaning the body is creating glucose out of proteins. And what's happening is you have amino acids on a glycerol backbone. And so the body is taking those amino acids off the glycerol backbone and producing um, glucose out of that. And that's where you get lean mass where it is lost. So this is not an ideal state to be in because as you lose lean muscle mass, what happens? Your metabolism drops. So if you want to maintain a healthy metabolism, as I keep saying, carbohydrates are critical. So why are there so many studies out there touting the benefits of low-carbohydrate diets and claiming they're better for weight loss than other diets? Every single time I click on a link of some study published in peer-reviewed journals touting the superior weight loss benefits or health benefits from low-carb diets, all I have to do is look at who funded it. A lot of the research is funded by the Robert Atkins Foundation, who was one of the biggest promoters of low-carb diets, sold all kinds of bars and protein shakes and books and all kinds of things um, before he died in his 60s of a heart attack. But anyway, um, so you see the funding for a lot of this research. It's not always the Robert Atkins Foundation. There are other people who are funding this research but that have conflicts of interest. But I've never seen a study that was well done that wasn't funded by a special interest group tout the benefits of low-carbohydrate diets. These studies are not reliable. They're funded by special interest groups. Um, and some of these places even sell low-carbohydrate products. So obviously, this is not the place that you want to find um, your information from. So in summary of this, in order to have a perfect situation for fat loss, which is what most of us want, right? Not just weight loss, water, glycogen, muscle loss, not just weight loss. We want fat loss. I'm pretty sure I can say across the board that's what we're looking for. In order to have the perfect conditions for that, you have to have healthy thyroid function. You have to have lower stress hormones. You cannot have high cortisol levels and have healthy weight loss. You're going to retain water even if you have high cortisol levels. You're going to gain weight around the middle, visceral fat, all kinds of things that you don't want. So you need to, for healthy thyroid function, you've got to have healthy levels of stress hormones. You need to have proper hormone balance, whether that's testosterone in men or in order for women to have a balance of follicle-stimulating hormone 
luteinizing hormone, estrogen, progesterone, all of those hormones require a balance between those hormones and cortisol. And you don't want to be losing muscle mass. So the key takeaway from this episode today is carbohydrates are absolutely essential for a healthy metabolism, for a healthy body, for healthy hormones, and in order to lose weight and shed fat, you have to have carbohydrates. So I I hope that this was eye-opening for you. I hope that this helped you understand the role that carbohydrates play in your diet. If you have any other questions, please direct message me on Instagram. Send me a message on my website. I would love to answer questions for you. If you are struggling coming off of a low-carbohydrate diet and not knowing exactly how to do that and how to overcome these fears of carbs or you feel like every time you eat carbs, you start gaining weight and you want to be able to do this without just gaining a lot of fat, please let me know. This is one of my specialties. I work with a lot of people coming off of low-carbohydrate diets or ketogenic diets into a more balanced diet, and they see so many benefits. And so I would love to work with you if you just want to shoot me an email, contact me on my website, direct message me on Instagram, whatever. I would love to work with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will see you next time.